Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Next on the CCTV, the segment where we want to ask Titan a few questions. Now, Titan, we've interviewed you uh, before a couple times, asked you questions. Was it a year and a bit ago? Um, and even earlier after that. So walk us through what's happened in the past year with you and you know Team Secret. How has Titan, the, the mastermind of the squad, that is, let's be honest, with, with Secret having so many struggles, I'm sure your job wasn't easy at all. Uh, no, lots of sleepless nights, let's put it that way, and a lot, a lot of long, long days. Um, obviously, over the last year, I think, again, we've changed from, what did we have as a starting five for last year? I think it was Prano, Draven, Hyfe, uh, Slebon, and now we've only got one of those five, so still. So we've gone through a lot of changes, obviously, with the new sort of team that we got. Um, couldn't quite bounce, ever find sort of periods of form that were consistent enough for us, even though we picked up people, tried to improve in areas, worked on different spots to try and figure out what would work best with the team. I'd argue we kind of thankfully hit a patch of form uh, for relegations last year with the uh, win there. Basically, going 0-2 down was not part of the game plan, even though I think all the viewers loved it. Um, it's fun. I think it was a second only best of five alongside the man below me uh, who's ever come back from an 0-2 down in best of five. So that was quite a nice little achievement, though, to have. Um, mm -hmm. And then, obviously, invite calls as well didn't quite go as planned. We were hoping to make that and carry over the form. We had really good form, to be fair, in practice. We were really working hard going into it. Um, sadly, just I think like just just the need the need for that killer instinct didn't quite have didn't quite have that. Stage uh, one change, you know, that's that's the big thing that happened, like yeah. just just like that. Yeah, stage one really kind of hit us like a I mean like a brick wall to be honest. I mean, it wasn't even actually stage one. We had issues going in through back into February. Uh, we were kind of happy there was a delay to be UL to be honest because we kind of needed. We were hoping we could fix the issues that we we're having in the server and just things just didn't quite click and then obviously pack got removed within two game days uh which wasn't ideal it wasn't actually planned it was kind of like a very sort of last minute decision between sort of like players and management uh in terms of just needing something to bounce with the team just something to like lift us because we were in a crisis mode to be honest i mean we'd been in a crisis for I'd argue, like about three weeks to four weeks at that point when nothing was working i had to step in and i mean we got to uh, excuse my friend, but bullshit wins against Eminem and Outsiders, which yep. <laughs> when you look at it, you should you'd say we shouldn't have won, but at the same time, I mean, you just prey on the enemy team's downfall. And in EUL, as you know, as everybody knows, teams always like make a lot of mistakes. Teams always go for that extra thing and that extra play. And mm -hmm. we could have maybe taken some more points. I mean, we've got seven fives against BDS, seven fives against G two. You should have beaten both of them. Yeah, <laughs> it feels weird to say, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, especially considering my performances in those yeah. other games. Um, and an 8-6 against an RV as well. So, I mean, the guys are playing a 4v5, obviously. And I mean, Keenan showed his talent, which I'm really glad for him, to be honest. He came up big for us in relegations. Had a bit of a wobbly one in quals, but uh, in SI quals. But, you know, I mean, stage one was... It was an interesting one because it was definitely an eye-opener for the team, I think, in general, in terms of looking at who could really step up when needed. Seven, for example, started off the stage 
awfully and he came back and really you know to come back from where he was i think he was like neg 20 at one point and to end up positive for the team and like really kind of you know pull his weight again to do do slebbing things i guess is the best way to put it uh and then i think everybody was seeing it we obviously were four with gonfi and then there was that last uh it, it was literally a last minute change um mm-hmm. which wasn't even planned to be honest we were trialing just for one and then uh events unfolded that just required us to make a second change and yeah, so we're now into two. Hopefully, um, with the two new players, again, experienced talent. I think the overall skill level of the team has involved, has sort of elevated itself as well in terms of pound for pound. Uh, it'll, it's going to be a rough stage, I think, for us because of the fact that we're a new team with two new people. And as much as, you know, we're, we're grinding hard, we're doing long days, we're doing, you know, as many hours as possible, you're always going to struggle when you have two new people and you kind of hope for that click that will work perfectly. But the reality is, if you want good team play, if you want that good organisation, you want that good structure, things like that don't come overnight and you've got to put the effort in. And we are, obviously. But, you know, as I said... We'll how does see your how normal day look like now? No, you know, My, you're in grind zone before the start of the stage with um, your roster. How does your I mean, Titans day the, look like? For the for the players, it's about a midday start till about a 7, 8 p.m. finish. You know, mm-hmm. you do a few hours worth of theory sort of in the mornings. That could be anything, VOD review, strap making, whatever it will be. And then you do, you know, your four to six hours worth of practice on top of that. You know, just grind through the server, go through everything that you've talked about in the day earlier. Go through your objectives, click your goals, make sure your team plays on point, have your debrief at the end of the day. Talk about where you screwed up, right? Fix that shit. Got to go next day, do it again. Talk about it in the morning then, right? What can we actually work? And you actually come up with plans. Whereas for me, it's more so a case of I think it's about a 10 a.m. wake up every day and then about a midnight finish, <laughs> to be honest. And, uh, you know, that's trying to like review everything, go through everything, get things ready and prepped. But uh, that's for me and the players. And that's kind of like how it's been for us a little bit for the last, I think, like a couple of weeks now. Fair enough. I have a question, actually, because you said it's going to be a rough stage, this one as well, Titan. I mean, when we look back at you guys' stage and we're looking back at we can look back all the way to 2020, if you like. Like, I, I looked it up and I see European League. Wait. The dog does not appreciate the, the flame that's coming my way, mate. Thank you. Um, basically, we're looking at the stages back from 2020. We're looking at ninth place, sixth place, tenth, ninth, tenth, or sorry, it was ten, eight, tenth, yeah, and then ninth. Yeah. Now, when are we yeah. going to start seeing the stability? Because we're looking at the roster change of the roster change of the yeah. roster change of the roster change, but we never see any stability or any actual. No, uh, yeah. we don't see an actual improvement. It's just no. sitting at the bottom there. When is that change going to come? Is it going to be I mean, third stage, or are we going to see another player change? Here, here's the thing: like obviously with the old roster, so the 2020 results, I was just a third support staff member. You know, I was just the guy in the background that just sort of crunched the numbers, and you know, the, those were kind of decisions out of my reach and out of my realm of you know of scope of you know purview in a sense. And yeah, I mean, we had our, I think that was our most successful. Thing. What did you say? Sixth place, right? I think that was what it was. So that was our most successful. Was that in 2020. When you lot got relegated, yeah, yeah. fucking pissed uh, me off. You beat G2, <laughs> and I'm texting Chas in the game. I'm like, Chas, what the fuck are you doing? I'm gonna get relegated because you let a secret win. Sorry, yeah, oh, Sorry. Uh, we, we, I think it was like 4 0 up, and then uh, we just decided to bottle that as well for the latter half of that season. Um, people, it turns out if you spam Monty Clash and then the ban it, and that's your only win condition, doesn't quite work for you. Um, no, but uh, last year was, I think, a case of. It, it, I call it a transition year in a sense. It was definitely a year where everything was a little bit uh, cluster, sort of fuck, a mess, really. That's the best way to put it. Um, we obviously had 
last minute transfers at the start of the year that everybody knows about. We also had sort of like, you know, changes in stage two, which were drastic and dramatic in terms of going from the German core to more of a European based core. And then stage three, we had to make a change, unfortunately, where we had to go up high. We brought in Kenny, somebody with a bit more experience, a bit more know how, a guy that's won stuff before, a guy that's seen what a winning team is. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we were kind of trying to figure out something that would work realistically. Uh, I think, I think, I'm going to say I think here, Fabian, for you. This stage is the one where you'll see a bit more actual development and progress with the team in terms of not just uh, mindset from the people that we have on the team, but also their attitude in server and what they want to achieve. This isn't a team necessarily that's going to be, you know, casually at the back of their mind, subconsciously content with like a seventh, eighth place or even a sixth place finish. This is more a team that we have ambition. And obviously the ambition there gives us that drive to work harder, to fight harder. And maybe things that nine months ago, you could kind of go, oh, it's just another one of those things that's a mistake that you've got to kind of chalk up, but it's at the bottom of the pile of so many other issues. Those are now equal weighting as everything else. So for things like, for example, uh, to the most minimal level, like communication, for example, you can analyze a small like round. How are the guys talking to each other? Right, you won the round, you know, in a flawless manner, let's call it that way. But there's still fundamental issues there. Those are things now that with the players that we have, we're able to say, right, that's actually the critique point. That's a big issue for us. Not the minor issue of how have we gone from a 4v1 into a 1v1. It's instead we're winning that as a 4vO, but there were still so many problems there. Let's fix those problems. Let's make sure we work on that. Because the baseline that we have, again, as I said, is higher. Gives you more opportunities, gives you more, you know, time to actually work on the real issues within the team. And from that, I think you'll see a little bit more consistency. I think what you'll see is the reason I say a rough stage is because obviously when you make two changes, we're also having to try and change the the identity a little bit of the Did team. Did you change the roles? Like, you know that to, to go uh, with role, it? Yeah, roles have changed for a few people. We've had to move people around um, okay. a little bit. Some what they're necessarily used have played over the last year or so to things. You know, some have gone on to roles that they're happier with. Some have gone on to roles that they know that work better for the team. And okay. you know, having to change their approach and their fundamental, you know. I guess, like, philosophical way of seeing the game, in a sense. Okay, fair. Uh, fair. Get it. And as I say, also, like, the ideology, the philosophy of the team, the identity of the team as well is currently changing from something that maybe I think a lot of guys saw, well, that's a, guy, a lot of people saw from us, um, from relegations, invite calls, and even me playing, which was this kind of very structured, objective-based siege where, it, you know, it, it was what I believed in, which I think was very clear when, you know, you saw us play when I was playing there. It's you know, protect the president, everything is objective-based, <laughs> everything is bomb plant based you know, it's very probably old-fashioned NA kind of siege, as a lot of people might put it. It's a baseline. And, yeah, I, I love it, because for me, that's the rawest form of siege, it's absolutely beautiful when you see that, when a team perfectly orchestrates the execute, you've got your five positions, you go boom, three, two, one, collapse, bomb is down, and, you know, life is happy, and, you know, lighting a cigar and all is good in the world, but... <laughs> You know, we, we have to keep up with the times a little bit, both in Europe and also when you see even the American teams, for example, now who are taking this more uh, dynamic, adaptive approach where it's all about being flexible. It's all about being a little bit more aggressive and loose, but the big fundamental on that and the thing that sort of prevents you from just being able to go, the paper is what will win you games, is by going the team play, the communication. I think we've had this discussion in private before, Fabian, about the fundamentals of Siege, the absolute basics is what will elevate you and just make you a consistent team, especially within Europe. If you can tick off the basics of just being able to talk to one another, 
be able to know how to position yourself and refrag and trade, and you can play purely off that. Look at Astralis, for example. Strategically, mm -hmm. they might not be one of the best teams, but their team plays mm -hmm. absolutely unreal. And for us, that's a big, big focus, especially because that's what we're pretty confident will see us elevate to one more level, and that's what might give us a little bit more success. I'm not saying, you know, first stage out, boom, you know, we're going to run out the gates and go, wow, look at us top two. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm, I'm saying you'll see steady progress, and that's the idea that will constantly go up. We'll be looking to make a you know positive trend, not make changes. I hate making changes personally because it always means you have to reset. Um, and just slowly develop the team. And I'm hoping by the end of the year, you know, you'll actually see a team secret that's up there that's competing. That you know, when, when we're having these discussions of who can be in the top four, it won't just be me here as the biased coach that goes, ah, oh, you know what? Maybe secret. You know, if they can fix this aspect, that little aspect. You can see them just become a bit more consistent. You know, we'll be in that conversation, that sort of, you know, group of teams that you go, all right, they're solid. They're actually an EUL level team right now because I think the big consensus and sort of mindset and mindset from a lot of people right now is we aren't an EUL team. You know, we weren't at the start of this year and that we kind of got lucky and we got blessed to be in EUL again because Hellraisers were 2-0 up. So for us, that's kind of like where we want to be. We want to prove not just to ourselves, but prove to other people as well that we are actually here. We are, you know, a real tier one team that's got the capability and qualities to stay there mm -hmm. and then develop from that. Fair enough. That uh, that sounds very hopeful. I hope that uh, we'll see a better team secret because a better team secret means a better EUL and a better EUL means we might actually have a European team that wins a championship sometimes this decade. So we're all still looking for it. That was on the CCTV. Thank you, Titan, for kind of walking us through how things are working right now with you and the squad and we hope that it all works out well once the stage begins in not too long from now finally our last segment i know all good things must come to an end but before we actually end it I want to talk about the changes that are happening to rainbow six itself because some of the changes you know with new patches always you know general gameplay stuff good quality of life things but we know there's some things that will have more impact on the esports part of Rainbow Six than others. And first up, uh, since you know usually the headline of every patch is our new operator. Uh, well, technically in esports, we actually open up with two new operators, right? We get to see Azami, which mm -hmm. released in their last patch, but also Sense now. Since we've removed the, well, we haven't. We don't control it ourselves. But Ubisoft has removed the kind of quarantine that is put on operators before they get dropped into competitive play. And I want to scratch all of your brains because you guys, you know, are professionals in many ways. You've had more competitive uh, experience than I definitely have in Siege. So what do you think about having sense? Because Azami seems like, you know, we're going to explore how things go as things kind of evolve. But sense, how, how do you see our new operator? So first of all, the reason why we lo lost the quarantine is right to get the new operators in immediately but it's actually pengu's job he owns ubisoft um just like i thought that was bikini no 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 no, no he's been banned, banned by them uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the new operators i think are going to play in in a very specific way and i think that for example asami you we, we're not going to see her like with zero in rank if someone breaches a hibana or breach in the wall sure we might see one or two odd throws to to knock that out but we're going to see it as five shields that's what we're going to see it as. we're going to see it as shields that can be placed in a specific way so that well, the opponents can, well, the, the defenders can use them really well. And Sans, I think we're going to, I I enjoy the, the, what that operator can bring to the table. I think we're going to see a lot of usage of those smokes or whatever you want to call it, the light walls. ROU. Yeah, as 
basically they're going to cut off long angles and get you into those odd plant positions. Oh. Mm -hmm. But they, they have a different way to work than the smokes in themselves, because smokes can be used by both sides in, in a certain way, while the light wall, because it is so thin, it doesn't bring any surprise. Someone comes through it, you see it immediately, you shoot them. There, there's no surprise element behind it uh, in the same way as a smoke is, because a smoke can be very inconsistent. Uh, the light walls, I don't think, would be the same issue with. The, the teams that have a kind of identity in the teams of, I'm going to use Secret as an example of when they were playing with Titan, that protects the presence that you talked about. Oh, I'd have loved it. Yeah, you're going to be able to create lines of sight that allow for plants um, without having to necessarily have all five players alive or have people in set positions mm -hmm. because you can block certain lines of sight. An, an immediate one that comes to mind is, for example, Bank on Open Area. You see teams generally do a like a sprint of faith across to try and get to that default plant spot. You can now just get a line of sight completely blocked on that kind of wall, however it goes, and then hold it from alternate positions. And I think situational sense will be very good. Um, and as army is going to be in one of those places where in ranked, it's just so completely different to how it's played in comp. Um, not like castle, where castle's kind of a troll in ranked and good in comp. I think as army's good in ranked, but he's going to be unreal in comp. Um, from the point of view, as Fabian said, of five shields, but also from the point of view of, in a way, using her as kind of a way to reset particular utility as well, um, of like yeah, windows yeah. through, uh, not as army, a Rooney uh, gates and ADSs as well, um, mm -hmm. to allow a kind of a sponge effect of letting them reset, letting yourself get a my magnet in place, resetting the window, whatever. Um, and I think that combination of if she's up, if teams choose to play her that way, of kind of Jaeger, Aruni, Azami, Wamai plus one could be very hard to deal with on certain sites. Um, yep. So I think potentially maybe needs to have some kind of nerf. Having seen her a little bit as well at GWB, um, some kind of nerf potentially at some point. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I think with Azami, there'll, there'll have to be a nerf sometime during the season. She is very, very strong. I mean, I'm not sure they saw it GWB, but something like a Wamai, Jaeger, Rooney, Azami, plus probably like Smoke, Mute, Maestro, whatever you wanted to, that on Cafe Cocktail Top Floor, you're not taking piano. Good luck with that. Like, yeah. if you wanted to, your team is going to be using all its utility, and then if you're <laughs> smart enough to leave... Wild uh, did it against... Um, Wild did it against... Who did they play? Victus. And right. they banned Sledge on Cafe as well. Oh, and then no. played Castle as the fifth. On top, yeah, you, you I just mean, can't get you it. Don't get it. You yeah. don't just you can't, and that's the problem. So it forces teams into the more unconventional cocktail attacks. And even if you do that, you're then really having to like work for the blow control. You can play your setup down there to stop that team. All right, great. Now you're hopping in windows. Good luck, buddy. We we've not lost a single bloody position here. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're just going into guns, and you just lost. And it makes a lot of those sites where those key points of pressure were, and those sort of key objectives rooms. Were like you, you'd utility stack and absorb, but eventually attackers would get through because of the way that the changes have gone to the game. As army makes them potentially impenetrable if you work it right and you can get the timings down and you can sort of play around that. Um, maybe her Kunai sense, recharge speed. I've seen the maybe slowing slowing that down could be something to help. Uh, I think Fabian, as well as he said, with the shield sort of system of it, I mean. Back in the day, obviously, everybody remembers how strong Goyo was with the fact that he could bring two shields, and you've got a Zami who could bring you five. Think of something like Chalet, for example, where there's so many areas where if you can as a team, you can put shields in different positions. Oh, well, now you bring for dining an Zami. Oh, well, brilliant. Here you go. Here's a shield piano. Here's a shield on you know, books. Here's a shield downstairs. And 
oh wow, you don't have enough utility because we've also brought Maestro a Rooney Jaeger. <laughs> Good luck, yeah. Sunshine. I think, um, I think there's a worry, especially from the teams that I've spoken to, there's a worry that if teams start playing this certain way with those operators, that we end up somewhere back near the 22nd meta. 22nd meta and teams yeah. don't want to go there, um, no, which I think is why teams have kind of, a lot of teams have knee-jerked into she needs a nerf. And I think yep. she'll have a particularly high ban rate at the start. Um, yeah. Map dependent, of course, but yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I think a lot of teams, everybody will have ideas with this army, but you also need to then be able to play without it and not over-rely on it in a sense, because if she is banned, she can be game-changing. That's the thing, and like even if she is played. Uh, Sense, uh, so far from the minor use that we've used him, uh, as I said, I'd love to play Sense. My goodness, what an operator that is. Uh, that, that's that's bombs down every single day, let alone my 30% plant rate. I'd have been hitting 50. Um, but he's three speed quite... gone six, you know, yeah. primary with a lot of bullets in it. You can do a lot it's, of work with that. It's a really good operator because it also gives you the fact that the hard breach gadget as well on it, it gives you that mm -hmm. flexibility that you can breach walls, you can breach line sites, you give yourselves ways in, and you can just throw in these things. And there's three of them. And if you learn the lineups properly, I mean, you can throw them away, you know, you can throw them like a normal human being. But at the same time, if you go into the into the maps, if you learn them a little bit, you spend like five minutes, maybe if you just play it with rank and you test out a little bit. You can learn so much with Alfredo, so many lineups, and it's the fact that it bounces as well. You can get so many clever ideas in terms of hallways. I think that we said, Fabian said, like long hallways that can be blocked off along LOSs as well. Um, and it just lets you in. And I think that'll be an interesting counter that you see from a lot of teams that maybe play uh, this sort of like screen on the defense where it's like shields as army, a Rooney Gates, maybe as armies as well there, and they play a line. And the team goes, okay, well, my entrance point is blocked off by three LOSs. Right, guys, we're just going to run sense for this map, for this top, for this, like, bomb site. Drop that in. In you go. Hello. Thank you very much. You know? Yeah, think Back of, like, Piano on Cafe, right? For example, when you've got teams on Cafe, Top Floor, I was just talking about it, but teams might run, like you say, with his army, even if they play it a bit more reserved, where you've got one in bathroom, one in freezer, um, and you've got the shield pixel, etc. you can kind of roll a sense across or in a certain angle that will allow you to either just challenge one of those angles, yeah. lines of sight, or it'll at least allow you into piano without having to cross two of them. I, I was going to say... To get deep into piano. Yeah, I mean, maybe leaking a little bit here, but you can have this teams in a sense. But um, if you go on the skylight and you, you can actually throw it for where teams want to make holes on the tray or trash wall, and you can just block off the entirety of the freezer holes, B2 walls, and, you know, the pixel corner there, and it gives you to basically where the defenders would contest you from, all right, well, we can get our team on the windows. You now have to walk through that brick wall that we see you as you go through instantly. As I said, there's lack of it. There's very little inconsistency with it. You know what you're going to see. Boom, you're in there. And you can actually skip out a lot of this utility bullshit. And you can just get into the map. And you can actually get your sort of presence in. I think you'll see a lot of teams use her in two ways. So that number one, which is the plant-based system, which is how I'd love to, to use them. Or the uh, kind of like entrance ways, which it also gives you that opportunity just to be able to force your way in by just putting a screen up. I mean, it's like Valorant, isn't it? I can't remember the operator, but they have like high schools or whatever. There's well, a few you, you could yeah. do Sage, you can do Neon. It really, honestly, it just looks like a mix of There's Sage one and Neon. Like a, yeah. Neon. Yeah. All right, yeah. So it's, uh, it's incredible to look at the changes that we have. An operator that has a non-lethal gadget, it definitely looks great. But also a second thing is now you can completely turn off screen shake from explosives. Now that is a quality of life that I absolutely love. Some people, and I saw the comments everywhere. Oh my, my God. Ruined that model no, yeah. no, just, Get out. <laughs> you don't want basically. to start, I mean. Get, yeah. You, you can still keep it you know, the same way, but just 
If if you oh, don't yeah, want it, that totally. <laughs> you can double it. Imagine if they had something where you could literally double it. You want more realism? Yeah, we'll cram it in there, baby. I think your character should slowly turn because you have your gun towards your shoulder. So whenever you shoot, you should always just slowly turn. I think we need more realism. It, it should it should yeah. be like in like in uh, Battlefield Five or whatever, where there's where there's a big explosive that happened next to you. You get thrown back yeah. from the shockwave. Amazing yeah. idea. I think we should reinvent Nomad and make it so that her gadget can explode midair. Okay, um, let's stop right there. That that well, makes when, when she first came out. I was yeah. gonna say that's. Always... I, I remember there was a play on Oregon. I think it was an N eighty. Bounced people it from the Carl other Mann side of the time, <laughs> and they nomaded from the roof. It was on Old Oregon, you know, where there used to be that slit in attic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nomaded through that, bounced somebody out, and got a kill on it. And I was like, this operator is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> so air, air jab, let's bring them back to, yeah, to yeah. what they were. Uh, but some more quality of life changes and additions to the game. First up, new deathmatch uh, map. Deathmatch only close quarter. This is good. A lot of destruction in there. Gives people a lot of flexibility to come in and practice. And next up for practice is, gentlemen, please, I would I would like to ask you to put your hands together in prayer uh, for this next one because the shooting range has arrived. I can't believe oh, it. Wait, it only took six years? About six years. But, but, but we're here. Shooting range has arrived, and it actually works quite well. And they'll be improving and adding more things. But honestly, even as someone, for example, that is Valorant, and you see the shooting range on there, if you want to test out your weapons or some setups, it, it does the same thing. It works really well. I wonder what Sua is going to do at this point. There's not going to be anything to sponsor at the end of this. Feels bad, man. <laughs> no, but it's good changes. It's changes that's, that's what needed. Like, long overdue, that, I think, is the... Yes. Yeah. That match map on itself is very important. I think that it needs to be quicker actions. It's not a big map where you run around on the other side of the map and you can't find someone. And mm -hmm. uh, just having that you can test your guns out, that's good. Uh, great. Yeah. And now for the newcomers, you got operator guides, which is something that, for example, a lot of us saw in Overwatch when it first released, whether 2015, 2016, when we were playing the beta, where you just press a button and it shows up, shows a basic guide of the operator on your screen if you're a newcomer. You see what they do. You got videos as well if you want to learn how those operators actually work, uh, what their utility is, because we get it. Get Rainbow Six, it's a very confusing game because there's so many moving parts that aren't just related to you. So imagine now you have to think about every single operator out of the however many we have right now. Good change overall, general you know, player comfort, things like we talked about with screen shake. Uh, match cancellation is getting reworked and yeah. you know more things are being changed as we go uh like we said esports changes no more operator grace period uh, which is what was called quarantine in the olden days and now teams and this is something that would have been fantastic to have the last stage but we have it now you can just request a tactical timeout directly in game instead of having to type it in there the moment you hear it you just request a tactical timeout in a custom game immediately so you don't have to think about, well, we typed it one second before officially the time, you know, that that takes away so much pain and so much Twitter drama that is unnecessary, you know, but that's that's a good change. I'm sure our our observers, easy and medics would have a thing or two to say about all of that. And of course, the admin team that makes it all happen behind the behind, you know, on the backstage, more things to come soon, as always. But it's good changes overall. So you just changed quite a bit in a very good direction no <laughs> yeah i mean there's there's some stuff that's long overdue there's some good changes um 
I don't. I think it was a very. If we're talking about the patches, um, and not the patch, the season. I think it was we a very are. safe season. Um, yeah. obviously, there's a big topic, kind of over looming, like looming over for the community that needs to be addressed. Um, and probably is the most important one that needs to be right. Um, yeah. I think the changes overall uh, are pretty good changes, particularly the screen shape one. Yes. I just want an anti-sheet that actually picks yeah. them up immediately. <laughs> yeah, so I was trying to be a bit, you know, coy about it. If I mean, you just yeah, I'm it, not. Fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I have one FPS. Or basically, I'm allowed to say the F word. It's one per broadcast. We started with one per stage, and now it's one per broadcast. You're really getting a good deal, huh? Yeah, really good. It can't be not fired bad. barely. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean the season is though. It's a good quality of life changes, but it's fresher. It's a very safe season. Looking into, I think, going into the next season, which will be like very interesting with like, I guess, like the the mass overhaul changes that they're looking to bring into just like the core game itself and how that will work. So I think they played it safe this stage or this season, sorry, with this patch just to make sure that the game sort of still ticked on, it operated uh, all right, and that maybe some of the sort of the issues that people were complaining about were gone. And, you know, with the hope that they could keep people content, keep them around up until next season, which is, I think, where Siege will take the biggest change in turn. Yeah. If, right. if you're a Plat 1, Plat 2 player in ranked, and I'm going more generally towards ranked here, but if you're a Plat 1, Plat 2 player in ranked, you're having an unbelievable time in the game right now. Yeah. The game is so much fun to play, um, and you'll probably come across one cheater a day in Plat 1, Plat 2. Um, which means you're in gold. It's so good. If you're in gold, I mean, gold and blue is different because you're not playing Siege to the level that we play it. Or Siege it's more fun, though. Small level. It might be more fun, but it's not... It's not Siege. Fundamentally, well. it doesn't no. feel like Siege. Especially you when you run around and get kills, and it mostly will win you the... But that happy medium of being Plat 1, Plat 2 is... Uh, the game is a lot, a lot of fun to play. It's in a really good place. A, a well-taught monkey could probably play at that level. <clears throat> I mean, I'm I'm in last time I played ranked, which guess when when the last time I played rank was. I'm gonna check. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be years. It has to be years. Yeah, easily. Easily, yeah. Yeah. Oh, easily. Nobody's good. When was the last time? Oh, that, Keep scrolling. Oh, you have baby. not played ranked Rain. forever, man. Since Parabellum, the, the since, last, the last since time Maestro was you released. You played ranked was the season I moved to PC. <laughs> And I, at that point, I'd only played like the placements in like maybe ten or eleven games. I was gold two or something. Rebellion, gold one, and then gold one. La the one time before, I was plat, and uh, I've just played enough games to get the rank. I'm like, well, if I play two more, I'll be in plat. I just don't care anymore, and I just got off because you know what? I got I got other things to do. Um, Seventy-six percent win rate in uh, white noise, Milos. I'm 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 a decent player. I just don't have the energy. I I just don't know how to put the energy in to win all the time. You know, if you gave me something to practice on, I really got into it. Look, if I could become a host at this point, I'm sure that I can do almost anything in this world. You know, sure, buddy. <laughs> if you've won a couple world champions championships, yeah. what denies me from being in plat? You know, like... talents, talents. That's the one. <laughs> in uh, in high caliber, you had a five point five KD in casual. <laughs> Bloody hell! That's some serious baiting going on over, over three games. <laughs> over three. That's that's not bad. That's not bad. Like I would literally walk in. I, I remember one specific game. We, I didn't even have audio. I didn't have audio on. I had. I just had a YouTube video playing in the background, and I'm like, I'm just gonna play. Well, I think I played um, Mark 14 Aruni because they they ruined. The, you know, they killed my boy, the the Roni. 
So, okay, I'm just going to, I know where they're going to come in. They're going to come in from, from Jacuzzi Wall Clubhouse. And I'm just going to lay there and collect them one by one, which is exactly what happened. Because there's, oh my God, I'm going to take the gunfight. I have to get the kill. Jesus Wait. Christ. Who are you, you? Oh, little, little one. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I got to pet a cat today. I, I, I pet a cat today. That was fun. That was really good. On that note, uh, final thoughts before we close it all out. That was uh, the R6 cap to talk about you know, all the happenings and the changes in Siege. Titan, how are you feeling about uh, the stage? Uh, confident. I think it'll be an interesting one for everybody to see across the globe, especially as well as EUL, and just see. I think we'll see a com more competitive region uh, compared to stage one. And there won't be Any team you're afraid of facing up against? No, no. I Themselves. So. I think Seeker is going to be number one. <laughs> Thank you, Fabian. Thank you. I appreciate it. I always it. believe in you. Thank you. Man. I think uh, I think Secret have improved from Solus, but I don't think they're at number one yet. Wow, so much for being a supportive friend. So much for being a supportive friend. Thank you very much, Jack. All right. Well, friends, thank you so much, uh, Fresh and Fabian. As always, uh, you know, we're always on the desk together. You know, chatting shit as people like to say in the background, but. It was good to have you on here on the prep phase. And Titan, thank you so much for joining us today. I know things usually put together and you get to talk to us about so much, so many things in detail. So it's good to pick your brain on so many different topics. And on that note, for everybody watching at home, thank you so much for being part of our third episode of the Prep Phase podcast, which is brought to you by our sponsor, Predator Gaming. That makes it all happen. Don't you worry, we're at home right now, but next time you'll see us back in the studio God willing, we'll be in Paris. Beautiful set. And we can continue on with the rest of our episodes. If you have some topics, exactly. Thank you, Fresh. Uh, if you have some topics you'd like to suggest for future episodes, then let us know uh, on the post on Twitter once these things all come out. And also, we, we read the comments on YouTube so we get to see what's happening on there. And make sure you subscribe to the audio-only versions of this podcast if you'd like to. It's on Spotify, you know, uh, Apple, et cetera, et cetera, but also on YouTube, usually coming out a day or two after the audio clip itself is out. That was Prep Phase, brought to you by Predator Gaming. That's uh, me, Milos, Big Fresh, uh, Round Fresh, uh, Fabian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that actually looks it, it, genuinely beautiful. It's uh, You've never looked better. You've never... Oh. Did, did, did you get stung called. by a bee? Called. Did you get stung by a bee, Jack? That yeah, was maybe. Must do. I mean, you are sweet as sure honey. And Titan of, Titan, of course, thank you so much for joining us today. Everybody out there, we hope to see you on the next one. That was Prep Phase, brought to you by Predator Gaming. Bye-bye. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus.